7, extension 646. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up in darkness from the ones who walk in light light them up boys there's your picture drop the shadows out of This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is June 14th. Uh, yes, 2016. <laughs> oh boy, before I, before I take off on our, uh, political circus, I just, I just want to say, uh, I just want to pin down our serious problem, our number one big issue, this uh, this massacre we have just witnessed or seen uh, the results of on television, uh, what it shows me is our profound, desperate need for attention to mental illness, emotional disease, it's, you know, that virus, Hillary says, is poisoning the the minds uh, of so many, well, I guess, psychopaths. Eh? I mean, you know, the question is always, what kind of a mind is psychologically set to receive these poisons, these viruses? Uh, oh, boy. Psychology, neurology, study of... Uh, the human brain, all this stuff, it's barely a science. It's in its infancy. It's like the germ theory of disease in the last century, you know. Uh, wait a minute, century before that. Uh, about 150 years. Anyway, people just couldn't see the little germs, you know. They didn't believe it. They didn't think you should wash your hands. However, as somebody somewhere once said, I know it when I see it, right Yes, we we know madness when we see it, but by then it's too late. By then the madness has manifested, uh, I guess, what is the word for that? Uh, <laughs> psychosis, right. Uh, uh, this this uh, gunman, the one who has destroyed 49 lives and... Uh, he wounded also 53. Um, 
I think that he must have at some point given evidence of being an unexploded bomb ready to go off. But still, still, I don't hear any word about the money for research, the money for ongoing care for those who present with these mental disturbances. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess I think it could be that maybe sadism <laughs> is endemic. I think maybe, uh, maybe I wasn't going to say, well, they do. it isn't that we like it. It's that it's just part of us, you know. Read Freud, you know. Look at our history. See how it is that the dark side of human nature is certainly as close to our hearts as the lighter side of human nature. I mean, why else <laughs> would Donald Trump appeal to certain people somewhere? Those people, you know, who want a strong man, someone who rushes in to attack the enemy. Uh, yes, for Trump, it's got to be a wargasm. Anyway, it's Trump's birthday today. Uh, Donald Trump is 70 years old. I just thought that that might uh, interest some listeners. He was born, let's see, I guess he must have been born 1945. That's about the time the atomic bomb went off. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> Never mind. I have all kinds of nonsense today, and I know I'm not going to get around to it. This is getting to be ridiculous with me. I, I just have so much to say as sorrow clings to my apron strings. I have so much to say. That's Dorothy Parker. Anyway. Got to talk about Fannie Lou Hamer, the woman who crashed the Democratic Convention. That's a good possibility. That's coming up. Got to talk about Geraldine Ferraro. Got to talk about Shirley Chisholm, first black woman to go for the presidency. All this stuff uh, is so important. I keep thinking of the people I know well, school teachers. Uh, and I just wonder how much of this stuff that goes on in the media, how much they want their students to see. Uh, this week we have uh, an eight-hour version of Roots. Uh, I've got a little review of that, but uh, never mind, I'll save it here. Uh, it's still on the air. Uh, eight hours, wow. Anyway, and then there are two shows this week that make wonderful uh, contrast juxtaposition. One is O.J. Simpson, Made in America. <laughs> the hideous story of O.J. Uh, <laughs> made in America, yes. He's one kind of athlete. At the other extreme, we have our greatest patriot, Muhammad Ali, uh, willing to take great loss uh, the most famous war protester in history. I remember my students, oh gosh, way back in the day, they were so knocked out with this, this idea that he would give up his, his, uh, champ's belt. Not that, not just that, but all that money, you know. He would give it all up, you know, just to, uh, what is that, uh, 
I don't know what he did with that draft thing. What he did was he simply he simply wouldn't go. I don't remember whether he burned his card exactly. Anyway, the fact that well he he came out and said uh, no Vietnamese ever called me an N word, you know, and the kids just just went wild. I mean, uh, I saw tears coming from some of those young men. Never mind. Uh, okay. Uh, Let's see. I made a note here of what I would call the uh, the week's quotes right, uh, all having to do with the the uh, chaos and the media's tossing it around, all this stuff in Orlando. Uh, Hillary's quote is, the virus that poisoned his blood is still alive. Good shot, girl. Uh, the president, Barack Obama, yes, they are not religious warriors. They are thugs and thieves. Good for you, Mr. President. Now, both these Democrats, they say that they are not at war against a religion. Their point being that one billion Muslims is not a practical, not a practical uh, adversary. Uh, I I cannot understand, uh, of course, most of the people I know assume that Donald Trump is the Antichrist, but I don't get it why he hasn't been laughed off the stage yet. Obviously, my psychology is, is somehow limited. Uh, I just keep thinking, well, we'll watch while he shoots himself in the foot, but uh, something else may be happening here. The people who go along with him... Uh, well, you know, his, his constituency, they are an interesting lot. They do seem to be with him all the way. Uh, oh, dear, dear, dear. Uh, <clears throat> looking at the the dark, the dark scenes in Orlando, uh, I, I just, I just kept thinking that well, I guess the, the oldest quote I have here is FDR saying, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. But you may remember that President uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, at the beginning of World War II, following Pearl Harbor, felt that it was expedient to... Uh, incarcerate or uh, is it fancy and I don't know what words to say that <clears throat> describe uh, he locked up Japanese Americans let's face it uh, the fear quote he used in a time of economic depression uh, let's face it politicians politicians say what they gotta say uh, I guess I guess what I mean is we got to take all this stuff with the grain of salt. Uh, I like it that neither Hillary nor Barack have used uh, his name, Donald Trump's name, when they speak clearly about the United States, about our Constitution, about our belief in democracy, about our need to stick together to cope with the threat to the United States uh, and to our allies, right? 
Their point is that a house divided cannot stand. Uh, <laughs> I thought we decided that back in the Civil War. Uh, never mind, never mind. We must take heart. Uh, I like the president's resolution and passion. I like the fact that uh, he's a grown-up. It's nice to see a grown-up in the White House. But still, you know, he came across pretty pretty strong. Today, no more Mr. Nice Guy. He stated clearly the fact that we are in danger, right? Not from religious warriors. That's the quote I love. Not from religious warriors, but from thugs and thieves. He said, cut off the money, and, you know, that's, that's the job done. He stated clearly that we are not at war with a religion. We are not at war with Islam. Now, you know how much confusion that has caused. Uh, <clears throat> the Brits have added to that confusion, but never mind, that's another story. Uh, you know, Tony Blair. Anyway, uh, Barack Obama can be forceful when he needs to be, and he can do it without becoming vindictive. Hillary, too, has been quite clear, forceful in her description of the carnage in Orlando, as well as the foolish words that came out of the mouth of her right-wing opponent. She gets it, uh, and she seems to me to be... um, It isn't that she's getting ready for her campaign. It's just that she's trying to be the president. It's fine with me. Uh, Whatever your politics, you got to admit that having grown-ups, having grown-ups in the White House is probably a good idea. Uh, I have two books I want to tell you about uh, over the next six months. They all are critical of of, uh, Hillary Rodham. And I think uh, on the back of the book, one of the books, it says, uh, doesn't this help the Republicans? And the answer is, well, no, unless you're uh, one, unless, unless this book just convinces even one person to go out and vote for the misogynistic uh, reactionaries on the other side. Anyway, I think... Uh, We always disagree with our leaders. That's our job. You remember FDR. He's the one who said, uh, you don't like it? Just get out there and make me change it. Now, the thought, just the thought, that Hillary's opponent is within reach of the White House is truly terrifying to me. I'm an old lady and I scare easy. I'm still having nightmares about the Bush years. But I still think we've got plenty of hope. Uh, Bernie did a good job of bringing the the picture into focus with his socialist ideals. Uh, Anyway, I think there's a chance we may get better or any way wiser, more perceptive human beings. They're coming into positions... uh, People who grew up in the 60s, you know, they may give us a 21st century that's compassionate, capable of doing the right thing. Uh, The media coverage of Orlando has been almost thoughtful. Uh, I thought that that massacre would 
what is that, make people hysterical, but that hasn't happened. Uh, the response is all more in sorrow than in anger. CNN seems to take the position that they will not use the name of this latest psychopath. Now, that's interesting. I like that idea. They're trying to focus on the victims. Three o'clock this morning, I saw them. They started with the pictures, and they started to tell us who these 49 people were. Uh, I think, well, they, they just call this young man the gunman. Thousands of people are gathering in solidarity uh, around the world. One newscaster said that they had gathered in solitude. I'm sure he misspoke. But in some way that made sense, at least to me. Uh, all of us are alone, and yet we need to go out and touch others. I think these candlelight vigils are impressive. Uh, they help the heart. Golly, uh, by four o'clock, <laughs> from Lady Gaga to J.K. Rowling, you know, the famous author of the Harry Potter books, the uh, famous the people that everybody knows, uh, they kind of, they kind of gave eulogies and tributes to the 49 who died and the 53 who were wounded at the Pulse nightclub. Okay, three o'clock in the morning. Wow. I guess I should have gone to sleep. That's the secret. That's what we must all do, is try to get, uh, get rested and stay in shape. Gonna be a, gonna be a bumpy year. Uh, the coverage is intense. There's no question about that. But it's not, not hysterical. Uh, the gunman's first wife was a grim, grim segment. You can't help but pity her. I have not seen any coverage of the gunman's current wife, second wife. Uh, his father is a whole other story. I'm sure we'll find uh, that the National Enquirer and all those magazines have a delightful time. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think I did try to go and take a, a little sleep. Uh, oh, golly, it was almost morning, and then I heard that there was another shooting in France. Uh, in Paris, I think, a couple, the police, yes, they were police. Another psychopath killer who swore allegiance to ISIS. It is a virus, and it is terrifying. Uh, the mind reels, I keep thinking, uh, does anybody... Remember Timothy McVeigh, that, uh, that, uh, what is that, bomber? Uh, now, I ask myself, was he a radical Christian terrorist when he blew up that federal building in Oklahoma? Killed 169 people, many of them children? He seemed to be uh, in an anti-government mood. White supremacy was the revolution he was looking for. Mm-hmm. Compares very well, yes. Uh, domestic terrorism is hard to define. Uh, the gunman in Orlando was a U.S. citizen. I think that needs to be emphasized. I think he was trying to impress his father or to compete with his father, who's obviously nuts, but uh, he has done no 
violence that we know of, that is, the father. Somebody said somewhere that the test of intelligence is a capacity to hold conflicting or opposing ideas in the mind all at the same time and continue to function. I'm afraid I've hit the wall on that one. (laughs) Mostly, it's the semantics. The languages, the language of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. Who said that? Anyway, that's politics. That's the 21st century. Chickens coming home to roost. Uh, The way I read it is that the uh, disenchanted white males are not going down without a fight. Uh... I know several, actually, though, who are reconstructed and doing a good job of it. We always have to put in a disclaimer in the midst of the fragmented uh, coverage of the aftermath of suffering in Orlando. There was a sudden switch on the news. Uh, I think they like to do this. It's, 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 um, it's remarkable the way uh, we juxtapose these uh, events, people, the Republican candidate for president was giving a speech that implied, I tell you, I kid you not, in case you haven't been listening, implied that President Obama is complicit in this bloodbath at the Pulse nightclub. Guess who's, guess who's at the head of the march? Guess who's the leading the leading demon, yes, I don't know. I was thinking what the New Yorker cover might uh, might do with that. You remember, long, long ago, uh, the New Yorker showed us Obama and Michelle uh, being, what do you call it, uh, acting out as real Islamic terrorists, you know? Uh, I think uh, caricatures... Caricatures uh, may be, you know, they, they may be all right for those of us who get them, you know, uh, to see the first couple as Islamic terrorists right after he'd been elected. Uh, oh, and more than that, they were hippies, you know. See that they were these hippies. I hope you remember that it was about that time that this theory of birthing, that is, this search for Barack Obama's birth certificate was put forth by you know who. Uh, <laughs> I guess conspiracy theorists never give up. He's the Antichrist. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, now, what I had planned today before all this madness uh, in Orlando, I had planned to talk about, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, the presence of evil of uh, what is it the, the dark the dark birds of history and uh, uh boy I started here I started out with Virginia Woolf uh I wanted to talk about the discovery that there's a direct connection between misogyny uh, and the self-destructive national imperialism that followed World War II and which is making a comeback. It may presage our historical nemesis. I read Quentin Bell's biography of his aunt, Virginia Woolf, 
And in her suicide note, one of the reasons Virginia Woolf gave for her final despair was the terrible times in which she lived. She drowned herself on February 28th, March 1941. She saw the handwriting on the wall. Uh, her beloved nephew, Julian Bell, he died fighting Franco in Spain in 1937. Uh, Julian's younger brother, Quentin Bell, wrote Virginia's biography. Uh, several years later, he writes, Virginia asked me why, in my opinion, things had gone so very wrong with the world during the past few years, I replied, with what I suppose was the stock answer of any young socialist. The world economic crisis, the American stock market crash was the grand symptom, prime cause. This bred unemployment revolution, counter-revolution, economic and political nationalism, hence communism, fascism, and war. All these things were but the effects of an economic cause. Virginia was frankly amazed. She neither agreed nor disagreed, but thought it was a very strange explanation. To her, I think it appeared that the horrible side of the universe, the forces of madness, which were never far from her consciousness, had got the upper hand again. This to her was something largely independent of the political mechanics of the world, the true answer to all this horror and violence lay in an improvement of one's own moral state. <laughs> the other extreme, folks, yes. Somehow one had to banish anger and the unreason that is bred of anger. Thus, she tended, unlike her husband Leonard, to be an out-and-out -out pacifist. And now, she never made this clear in terms of policy, but it was her instinctive reaction. The feminine as opposed to the masculine. And this is part of an essay that I'm still working on called The Revisionist Imperative, or Don't Rock the Boat, Sink It. <laughs> anyway, uh, Virginia's gift was for the pursuit of shadows, for the ghostly whispers of the mind, and for Pythian incomprehensibility. Pythia, you may, uh, you may know, is the name of the oracle at uh, Delphi. Yes, Pythia was the one who told us what was coming, but like Cassandra, nobody believed her. Uh, anyway, her nephew, Quentin Bell, believes that what was needed was the swift and lucid phrase that could reach the ears of unemployed working men or trades union officials. Mm -hmm. Now, my opinion is that Virginia's shadows were not ephemeral at all. Nothing is more substantial than the presence of evil in the human mind. Wolfe suffered from sexual abuse as a child. Uh, she writes an essay, Three Guineas, in which she makes a direct connection between fascism, as it had arisen in Europe uh, in the mid-20th century, uh, and the treatment of women in the private house. Yes, neither the critics nor her friends would sit still for this. Virginia was too far ahead of her time. Today, 
I think some of us know that fascism begins at home. But for some reason that still hasn't changed things. I suggest again that you take a look at the psychopath's father. Ah, uh, the fellow who did the massacre in Orlando. And next week I, I hope I have time for more of Virginia Woolf's approach to politics. Uh, I know it's exasperating. You know how poets are. Uh, but Virginia Woolf, well, she seemed to understand the human, the human side of things. Uh, I'll be back on the air next Tuesday at the same time. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Light, light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadow. what Area 941 is? It's kpfa.org's new podcasting space. This allows us to expand our programming with more on-demand programs so you can listen when you want or download them at any time. Area 941 is just another reason why people say, I heard it on KPFA. This is Earl Johnson, Jr., the local election supervisor for KPFA. We need candidates to run for the local station board and work with station management to ensure that programming fulfills the purpose of the foundation and to the listening community. Review budgets and help with fundraising. Nominations close June the 30th. Please visit elections.pacifica.org or call 510-848-6767, extension 605. Become a candidate today.